This is what I feel like the Lord wants us to hit on today as we're wrapping up, I don't know, being up in a general sense, coming to near the end of our series called Fruitful Lives where we've been studying Matthew 13, the parable or the story of the farmer sowing seed into four different soils. And what uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says is simple, for we walk by faith and not by sight, right? Let's all say that together. For we walk by faith and not by sight. This is what we've been learning how to do. How to walk by faith and not by sight. This is so core to understanding the lifestyle of a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's so core to understanding how to produce fruit in our life. How to, how to become the people God has called us to be in our character and our calling and all that kind of stuff. And to see God's will done in our life. God's will done through us in other people's lives and in the nations and in, in, uh, in our workplaces and things like that. We've got to learn how to walk by faith, not by sight. This is what we've been learning. And the context of this is, and we can't really read all these verses today. It would take too long, but 4 and 5 and, and all this. He's talking, Paul is talking about suffering and persecution is the context. He's talking about his own life and ministry as he goes out and preaches the gospel and he's undergoing persecution. He's not just talking about sickness or something like that. He's specifically talking about suffering for the ministry of Jesus Christ. Suffering for the, the Word of God. Not just because he's trying to believe the Word of God, but because he's giving the Word of God away to other people. And when you do that, as we've learned in this series, anytime you're going to stand on the Word of God, trials and tribulations are going to come, not just because we live in a broken world, but because those tribulations are going to come to try to steal that Word out of our hearts. But especially when you're trying to give it away. Especially when you want to be a person who impacts other people with the Word of God, there's always going to be opposition. Right? Philippians chapter 1 says that we didn't just inherit blessing. <laughs> Romans 8 says we inherited blessing and suffering. Philippians 1 says we were destined to suffer with Christ. Right? If Jesus died and rose again, we have to basically face some of that same stuff. So in, in Romans chapter... I'm sorry, not Romans, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 4... Uh, verse 16, he says, in light of this persecution and in light of the, the glory that we have in Jesus, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. What, what has the Lord been teaching us this whole summer? Don't let go of the Word. Whatever you do, hold on to the Word. Do not lose hope. Do not lose heart. Do not let go. But you hold on to that Word like a seed in soil, and if you will hold on to that word, the word in your heart, like a seed in the soil, it will produce fruit. Because the word of God has the power to do that, right? And so Paul is saying we do not lose heart. He says even though our outward man is perishing, right, because we live in, in a tent, we haven't yet gotten our glorified bodies. We live in this tent, which is why we praise God for physical healing at times, you know what I'm saying? For even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Amen? We're going, as he says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we're going from glory to glory. There's this continual transformation on the inside of us that we're continually becoming more and more and more and more like Jesus. Right? The fruit of God's Spirit producing His life in us. His life in our life. Okay? And he goes on, he says in verse 17, For our light affliction... Now, he's not trying to make light of hard times you're going through. He means that our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. He's comparing the fact that we are one day going to be resurrected with Christ and reign with Jesus, glorified bodies in a new heaven and a new earth, and like this momentary, even if it's for 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years, that we'd have to maybe go through a, a particular suffering, not that we would want that or anything, but King David, he was being chased by a crazy king for 10 years, right? Joseph was in a prison, was sold into slavery and sold into prison for a number of years. But Paul says, in light of the weight of the glory of God and the resurrection, it doesn't even compare. It's just like this light feather compared to this immense, rich weight of the glory of God. And he says, in light of that reality, verse 18 while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen 
are eternal. Now, how do you do that? How do you look at things that are not seen? Doesn't that sound like a kind of a silly thing to say? Yeah, yeah, you know, we're people, we're Christians. We look at the things that you can't see. Right? Try saying that to somebody, right? They're going to be like, uh, what? It doesn't make sense to the natural understanding. What is Paul trying to say? Paul's saying our faith is based in what you cannot see. Based in eternal realities that Jesus has already died and rose again. That the price has already been paid. That by His stripes we are healed. That He's already forgiven all sin. That He is already resurrected, never to die again. That that is already our inheritance, already our portion. That all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. These are the eternal realities of God. As it says in Psalm 119, Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. It's already the eternal reality. It's already done. Remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross in His last words and He cried out, It is finished. Done. Paid the price. It's eternal. Done. Right? And our inheritance is kept for us in heaven. And Paul is trying to tell us that what we, what we do is we focus on and we look at the things that you cannot see. We look at and we focus on the things that are, are eternal. You go, how do I do that? How do I put my eyes on what is unseen? How do I look at what is unseen? How do I see things that are eternal that are not necessarily here right now? And he tells us, by faith. Because faith is trusting in what God says in His Word rather than trusting in what I see. Trusting in my natural reasoning, my natural human understanding, my natural human reasoning. Basing what I think about God or what I think about His church, what I think about the kingdom of God and what God can and will do in my life or in the world. Basing that on temporal things. Basing that on things that are rather than things that will be. I, I love sociology. Uh, I lo- actually, I love all that kind of stuff. But I love sociology. But one thing that always bothers me about sociology is sociology can only tell you what is. They study society. They study patterns. It's good. But it always frustrates me in the end. Like most other sciences frustrate me like that in the end. I like them. They're insightful. They tell us some things. But in the end, they do not tell me what is unseen. They do not tell me what is eternal. They do not tell me what ought to be. Can be. They do not tell me what will be in the kingdom of God. You understand what I'm saying? See, we are people that walk by faith in what God said. Whoa. Yeah. And we are people who stay on the stage. <laughs> it's good, man. I'm really glad that you're tracking with me. It's good. Um, we are people that walk by faith in what God said. You can't see that. Not initially, right? Rather than walking by sight. Rather than walking by feelings. And so let me tell you what the Lord is saying. And really, we've been learning this obviously all this couple months. Is if, 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 you can't, if, if you wait to believe God until you feel it. I'm not going to believe God until I feel it. Or I'm not going to believe God until I see it. You won't. You won't. Because that's not how the kingdom works. If you want to walk by what you feel, then that is what you will get. If you want to walk by what you see and what makes sense in your own human reasoning. And if you want to walk by natural principles in this world, then that's what you will get. But if you want to see another world change this world then you have to believe what God says that other world is like if you want to see God's will done on the earth and in your life which is not being done you have to know what his will is and believe that by faith so that will can be done on earth right People will say, for example, you know, you can choose your little R reality or you can choose God's big R reality. But how do you know what reality is? How do you know what the will of God is? How do you know what God wants to do on the earth or in your life? 
How do you know that He wants to heal you, set you free, change you, pour out His blessing, use you mightily, fulfill His purpose and plan in your life? How do you know? You don't know except by the Word of God. And the Word that He speaks is unseen. Right? He says something and He calls things that are not as though they are. Right? He says, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of nations. And Abraham's wife are barren. Okay? If you walk by what you see, you remain barren. But you have to walk by what he said. God said to Abraham that he would not be barren. That he would be a father of nations. Right? That Abraham and Sarah would produce an heir named Isaac. You have to walk by what you hear from the Lord and what he said to you and you put your faith in his word which you don't necessarily see yet or feel or understand it may not give you goosebumps in fact more often than not it's like what that is so frustrating do you know what i am going through here do you know what i am feeling here do you know what i'm struggling with do you know what i do not have and God has the goal to step into my life and say, I know you are barren, but you and Sarah will have a child. Do you realize how frustrating that is? I know most of you do because you've been there and you have a choice. Will you walk by feelings? Will you walk by what you see, what you understand, what your experience has been? What other people have told you? What your past has told you? Will you be limited by those things or will you believe that God speaks things that are not as though they are? Will you believe that His Word from another world comes in and invades this world? Right, that's the choice. Amen? Right, what have we been learning? Wow, who put that thing right there in the way? We've been learning that you start off... Oh, wow, there you go. Start off with barren soil, or at least a big field of a whole bunch of nothing, right? You, you, you start in this world, there is brokenness, and there is, is fallenness, and there is not the will of God, right? Someone comes to Jesus, and, you know, not, not like everyone is like an axe murderer before they come to Jesus, but you come to Jesus, and there's brokenness. You come to Jesus, and... The way we think is not what God thinks. The way we feel is not the way God feels. The way we live is not the way God lives. We do not look like Even if you had a great upbringing, we all fall short, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. By the grace of God, we're forgiven. We're saved. Jesus comes inside of us and He empowers us to live that life. Right? We start with, with no fruit of the kingdom in our life. This is what we've been learning. Jesus says, my word comes as a seed into that soil, Right? His word is a seed. His word does not come to you as fully formed fruit. It comes to you in the form of a seed. And a seed is hidden, unseen. Right? The word of God. There's no fruit. There's no flashing lights. And there's no feelings. You feel nothing. You might feel a little goosebump, you know, like a little encouraged on Sunday morning or something. And... But there's just no harvest in that sense. All you have is a word, a message, a truth, God's reality, God's promise, God's invitation to you. Right? And Jesus said that there's four different types of soil. Three of those soils never produce any fruit. Right? One of those soils doesn't even receive the seed. It's hard. Soil doesn't receive the seed. The second soil, rocky soil. The third soil... Is thorny soil. Both of those soils receive the seed, but what happens? In the middle, the seed begins to grow. Right? I'll produce something here. Roots and all that. And the seed germinates, and the seed begins to grow. And even if you read Matthew 13, which we're just not going to because we've been reading it like every week for the last couple months. But you mostly know the story that those two soils, the rocky soil and the thorny soil, they begin to grow. And you can actually see green coming out of the ground, right? You can actually see something happening, but they don't produce any fruit. Because what happens? That in the process of a seed growing and then bearing fruit, in that middle time right there, 
either the rocky soil, people get offended at God, get mad at God, get disappointed and discouraged, give up on trusting in the Word of God. They begin to walk by feelings, right? Begin to walk by what they see, what they feel, what they understand, and they get mad at God or they get discouraged or they change their theology. They make it more palatable. They make it more understandable. Or the thorny soil. People get distracted with busyness, greed, covetedness, right? The pleasure of this world, comfortableness. And they don't press in to seek first the kingdom, but they allow these other things to distract them. Really as coping mechanisms. Yes? As coping mechanisms for the difficulties of life and things like that. We medicate, don't we? But he says that the good soil the one that holds on to the seed and doesn't let anyone take away the, the seed, ultimately will produce, what does he say? 30, 60, or 100 fold, right? A whole field full of, of fruit. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 13? He says this. He says, To him who has, more will be given, and he will have in abundance. Abundance, meaning leftover, like more than enough to give away. He who has, he'll receive, right? He who has, he will be given to him and in abundance, right? The one who understands the kingdom, who believes the word of God and who understands, man, I got to hold on to this and walk by faith. See, it's not enough just to be like, I like that. I'll raise my hand at church or I'll, I'll, I'll take that. That's a good one, Dave. No, we've, we've been learning, haven't we? That storms come and try to take that seed away. That the enemy tries to come and accuse us and take that seed away. And we've been learning that it's the person who will hold on to the word with patient faith, right? Patient faith and not let go. It's that person that will produce a harvest. And the scriptures say that that person will, will, will receive and in abundance. But then Jesus goes on to say, and the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. See, what... What's going on here? What, what did we learn? At this beginning phase, at the beginning of the journey, if you will, there's a choice, isn't there? All right? A fork in the road. To receive the Word of God with faith and humility. Right? Like childlike faith. He said it, I believe it. And right there at the beginning of the journey, you have a decision to make to walk by faith or not. Right? Right at the very beginning, a fork in the road, that I'm going to be a person that says, wow, well, you said it. I may not fully understand it, but I receive that. Amen. Receive that word. And, and you receive it by faith. And we've been learning how to receive that word. And here in the middle, there's a choice to be made, isn't there? If you will, many forks in the road. As you're going down that journey, as you're growing in faith, as you're seeing the Lord do some things, and then opposition comes, you have a choice, isn't there? What is it? To walk by faith or to walk by sight, right? You have a choice to remain patient in faith, to have the same faith at the beginning and the middle and the end, right? The same faith in the trial as before the trial. You have to choose, I'm still going to believe you. I'm still going to believe what you said. Why? Why? Because did your circumstances, which changed in the middle, right? It started to rain. It started to get stormy. Now there's fires, now there's trials, now there's temptations. Now somebody's trying to attack me and, and say mean things to me. Now I'm going through this hard time. Now there's a delay. Now I don't understand why didn't God come through yet. In that middle time, things changed around you, but did His Word change? Did the seed change? No. His Word remains true. He cannot lie. Amen? So the Word didn't change. The Word is still hidden. But do you see... That it's still under the soil. It's still doing, God's word is still doing powerful things. But it's a choice whether to believe what I see and what I feel or to believe what he said. To walk by faith or, not by, or, or by sight. To look at what is unseen, the eternal reality of the truth of God's word or to walk by the seen, the temporary, the hard times, the difficulties, things like that. And in the end, what produces the fruit? You arrive at your journey. Yay, I made it to this destination. You have fruit, 30, 60, or 100 fold. What produced that fruit? Hebrews 11 says it was by faith. 
Hebrews chapter 11 says that Sarah was empowered. She literally received strength from God by faith, right? What did Jesus tell the woman who touched the hem of his garment? It was your faith that saved you, that healed you. How is it that you produce a harvest of the will of God in your life? How is it that you see what God wants done in your life? You do it by faith. Is it your power? No, not at all. Is it your goodness? Never. Is it your righteousness? No, that would be sad. It's totally His power, right? It's the power of God's Word, His grace flowing in our lives. And what releases that? What releases the things of the kingdom of God in our life? It is faith, right? And so do you see how elementary it is, obviously, that at every step of the journey, you're walking by faith. At every step of the journey, whether you are at the beginning and saying, I want to see God do something in my life, I want to see that promise, or I want to see that thing, you see something in the Word of God, you hear something in the Word of God, Say, Lord, I want you to do that in my life. Or you have a, a need or a desire. The Bible says, if you ask anything in His name, he'll, he'll do it for you. According to His will, right? Or the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you desires of your heart. And so you come to the Lord with something. You bring it before Him. Okay? At the beginning, you're just there with a, with a, a prayer request, you know? Hey, Lord, I'm asking you this in Jesus' name, right? That, that's the seed. And do you see that every step of the way... When you first asked God to do this, to when you're in the middle and you're starting to see God move, but you're also finding opposition going on, to the very, very end where you actually see a harvest and you, and you go, dude, look what God's done in my life. Look how God's changed me. Or I believe God in this area and I see fruit. You know, God answered my prayer. Or God used me mightily to, to impact someone or lead them to Jesus. And, and you see fruit in your life. Who gets the glory? Jesus, right? Because it was all by His grace, but by your faith. And at the very end, when, when you're celebrating the victory, it was by faith, right? Remember we said, even David, how did David become king? By faith. Because he chose never to lose heart. He chose never to give up. Never to become offended at God. Never to do it in his own human effort. Remember he had two chances that he could have killed Saul. But he said, I'm not going to kill Saul and become a Saul. No, I... I'm going to trust the Lord and wait on the Lord, right? He, he, he chose not to walk in, in, in sin, but to walk in integrity of heart and say, I'm going to hold on to the Word and I'm going to believe that God's going to make it happen and I'm not going to take a shortcut. I'm not going to go to plan B. I'm sticking with plan A, right? I'm holding on to the Word. And so how did David become king? How did Abraham and Sarah have a kid? How does anything happen in the Bible where God's will broke into a situation and the miraculous was done? By faith. Amen? And so at every point, it's a choice to walk by faith. Sight. And if you cannot believe God until you feel it or see it, you're not going to get it. Think about it. The Word of God says that you're totally forgiven. All of your sin is forgiven. Let's look at a, a little bit here. Hebrews uh, 10. Hebrews 10. I'm just going to read one verse. You can look at the context another time. But Hebrews 10.14 says this. For by one offering, he, referring to Jesus, has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And he literally tells us what perfected means. Down in verse 17. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission, or basically the removal, the taking away of sin, there is no longer an offering for sin. Just one verse of many that says that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ that you are perfect in Him. That He took your sin and He gave you His righteousness. Yeah? That literally, according to the Word of God, you are perfect. Without sin, 
Sin has been taken away from you. And God will no longer, no longer remember your sins or your lawless deeds. Scriptures say that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. That in Romans 6 it says that you were died with Christ. That if you've put your faith in Jesus, you have died with Christ, literally, right? in, in a spiritual sense, but in a very real and literal sense, that you died with Christ on that cross, and you died to sin, to the power of sin in your life. And that you rose with Jesus, and that you are alive, you're born again. And then Romans 6 tells us to consider ourselves, to think this way, that you are truly dead to sin and alive to God. That sin has no power over you. That sin has no authority over you. Because just as Jesus died and rose again, He'll never die again, you are born again, alive in Christ. And sin has no power over you. That, just a good example, isn't it? Of reality. Isn't, is that not reality? But if you wait... Till you feel that way, you will not see the fruit of that in your life. Because the reality is, your, your spirit is born again, but you still have what the Bible calls flesh, right? Mind, will, emotions. That part of you, that still needs to be redeemed by the Lord. Our mind needs to be transformed. Uh, uh, you know, our, our, I mean, our, our, our selves need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so what we need is we need the seed of this revelation of what Jesus has done for us and who He has made us to be. We need that seed to produce fruit in our lives. To cause the revelation of the reality that I am righteous, forgiven, born again, set free. I have power over sin and death. That reality has to take root in my life and produce fruit so that I actually feel that way so that I actually live that way. What would be the fruit of being dead to sin and alive to God? What, what would happen if I actually believed that word and saw that fruit produced in my life? Well, first of all, I wouldn't feel condemned anymore, would I? I mean, if I am totally forgiven and I, there's no more sin and God doesn't remember my sin, would you remember your sin anymore? What happens when God is no longer conscious of your sin? You wouldn't be either. Enemy comes over here and tells you, you really blew it. You're like, shut up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Enemy's trying to accuse you. Let's say you really did. You blow it. You sin before God. What does the Bible say? Confess your sin. Confess. Just tell God. Yeah, I blew it. Right? Enemy comes over there and tries to tell you you're a hypocrite. You're a sinner. And you go, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I confess that sin. It's already forgiven. God doesn't remember it. Now, what would that feel like? What would that feel like? To not have a consciousness of sin. I don't mean like lying. <laughs> it actually says here in verse 2 of chapter 10, For then uh, would they not have ceased to be offered for the worshippers once purified would have no more consciousness of sin. I'm talking about the biblical stance of not conscious of sin. I mean, you don't walk around feeling guilty, condemned, ashamed, you don't focus on your sin feeling like a failure all the time. You walk around actually feeling like you're forgiven. What would that feel like to actually feel forgiven? Hmm. Wouldn't that feel pretty good? Like I'm totally forgiven. Like He just loves me. I'm forgiven. I'm totally accepted before God. Father sees me like He sees Jesus. Father loves me like He loves Jesus. I'm pure. What would it feel like to feel pure? No defilement. Do you realize that's what is reality? That is truth. That is reality that you are Perfect, that you are pure, that your conscience has been washed. No consciousness of sin. You say, well, why do, why do I feel that way? Why do I struggle with shame? Don't got fruit yet. How come I struggle with condemnation? Where's the fruit? How come if I'm really dead to sin, alive to God, and I have power over sin, how come sin seems just, you know, messing with me all the time? And I struggle, and I fall down, and, and I give in to it all the time. Let it rain over me. Right there. You need fruit. Right? And if you 
will not stand on the truth of God's Word because you don't feel it or see it or understand it, yet it won't happen. It is a conscious decision to surrender to the Word of God, to God's will and to His faithfulness. To say, I'm going to trust what you said in your Word. That's childlike faith, isn't it? I'm going to believe you. And what happens when you do? It will produce that fruit. See, in my life, years and years ago, I didn't feel any of these things were reality. My life was full of fear, insecurities, depression, impurities and things like that. When I was 16, got saved. Well, I did a lot of stuff before I was 16. You know what I mean? Flooded my heart with a lot of impure stuff. All that junk's in me. Okay? That's what my field looked like. Did I feel forgiven and loved? No, I didn't feel that way. See, it's so easy. It's such an easy cop-out, such an easy excuse to, to look at somebody who is, is believing God and seeing fruit in their life to be like, well, they, they don't understand. They don't know what it's like to be depressed. They don't know what it's like to struggle financially. I mean, they're, they're all blessed financially, talking about believing God for finances. Look at me, I'm struggling. They don't know what it's like. That's a great cop-out. That's a great cop-out because you don't know what that person has been through. You don't know that I was a barren soil. <laughs> and it's so easy to look at the fruit and say, no, you're different from me. You can't relate to me. What are you talking about? I'm the same soil. And it's the same word. It's just difference of you know, time here. And it's a difference of a different choice, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm telling you, when, when I really, you know, like I, I talked, I've talked about this a few times the last couple weeks, of just a decade ago, I had no momentum, no traction in my life, no feelings. What I felt was condemnation a lot. Struggled to even get going in life. Struggling with a lot of different things. That was just me. That's my story. But I'm just saying, when I began to say, Lord, you've heard me say this, I'm going to believe you. Let God be true and every man a liar, says Romans 3. God is faithful. That's what I'm standing on. When I chose that, oh, I felt so good after that. I feel nothing. Oh, yeah, but it probably took a couple days, right? No. Hey, in the hard times, right, a decade ago, I, I was thinking about this la- like last few weeks. I was thinking about it. No, no, no. I began to stand on the Word of God and began to say, nope, your Word says you love me. I began to just stand before the Lord and say, nope, I'm born again. I'm a son of God. I've been adopted. I just began to say what the Word says. And I felt scared that I was like speaking out, you know, like heresy or something. You know what I'm saying? How do you really know that that's true for me? And all that kind of stuff, right? So I'm just going to say what your word says. I'm going to say what your word says. I'm going to say what your word says. And while I would do that, I would feel messed up. I would feel scared. I actually did, you know, I had struggles with feeling out, oh, no, I'm going to go to hell or something. You know, I had that kind of thing. I had depression and, oh, I lost my calling. All these kind of thoughts going through my head. Feelings going through my, my heart, right? Condemnation is not just a thought. It's a feeling too, right? Just, yeah. Okay? Struggling with that. It was probably a couple of years before I started to see any kind of fruit in terms of like feeling. Not that feeling is everything, right? I mean, it's like a couple of years before I actually felt like a little bit loved. Like, have a good, oh, I had a good day. <laughs> you know? I feel a little bit, little bit happy. You know? I remember years ago, decade ago, I remember seeing a promise in the scriptures, Isaiah something or other, says, I will make you joyful in the house of prayer. I, I, I need some joy. I need some joy. I want joy. You know? I'm too depressed and I'm a grumpy person. You know? Just, bam, take that. You said you make me joyful in the house of prayer, right? Began to meditate that. Lord, give me strategy and wisdom. Just press into that. I didn't see none of that for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I remember one time, you know, we're like at a prayer meeting, and I had like the presence of God come upon me. And, oh, I felt so much joy, like for that one 
10 second period. No, I'm joking. It was probably like 10 minutes, my bad. Okay? And I knew that that was some fruit. I knew that that was like, uh, what, what, what God does a lot of times when you experience Him like that, that's an invitation to a lifestyle. So, oh, amen. Take that. He who has, He will be given, and He will have an abundance. You know? So I keep standing on the Word of God. Keep pressing in the Word. Keep meditating the Word. But I'm telling you, it was like two years. And then like four years later, I'm starting to feel something. Okay. In my life now, for the last number of years, and now it's just like exponential, I have this harvest of just feeling loved. I'm just convinced that, that this is reality. And because of that, it's not just that it's like, you know, life is tough, you just got to hold on tight, you know, that kind of thing. This is a fight of faith, amen? This is a fight. You've got to keep fighting and standing in the Word of God. But you don't have to fight like a wrestler that's like got his head up against the ground and a guy's elbow in his neck and arms behind his back. I'm just fight, fight of faith here. Fight of faith, you know. I'm just standing on the Word. You know, you're always going to struggle. Always going to struggle, you know, as a, as a Christian. Always going to be tempted. You know, this is how a lot of Christians are, right? They're just like underneath the other guy. No, there's a place in God where you get up on top of the other guy and your, your knee's in his throat, you know? Let me tell you impurity thoughts. You kick it and stuff. No, not to say you're not still wrestling. You just happen to be on top of the other guy, right? You just happen to be stronger. You don't have to be underneath sin. You don't have to be underneath depression. Yeah, you, we've got to learn how to stand in faith all the time. You gain victory in some area. You got fruit in some area. You still got to stand in faith. I still get attacked with stuff. I don't, you know, uh, discouraging thoughts or, or whatever. Stand in faith. But I'm telling you, now I've got this harvest. I just, feel, I just feel loved all the time. It's, I just feel loved. And even when I'm going through t- something, you know, somebody's saying something about me, I, I just take a piece of fruit. Right? By faith. I have a harvest that I can draw from. What's happening in my life, personally, this is just a real quick little like, thing for right now, is Galatians chapter 5 says, faith works itself into love. True fruit of faith is love. You begin to love like Jesus loves and be like Jesus, right? And I'm just seeing it happen. And the more I just stand in the faith of just who God says He is, right? And the more that I stand in faith on what the Word says who I am, and the more that I just continue to grow in faith, some of the things that we as, as a church are growing in, the more and more, guess what happens? Less and less I think about myself. More and more I think about others. The more freely I receive, the more freely I give it away. The more that this love is rising up inside of me, there's just something happening where God is giving me this compassion and this love for people deeper than just, you know, Dave Turner. That it's rising up. Why? Because faith produces love. And I'm beginning to have a harvest of not just receiving and feeling loved or forgiven or free. Walking in these realities, I'm actually having a harvest to be able to give it away. Amen? But it's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice all the way back right here. Am I going to believe what God said? I'm going to wait for it to, I'm going to wait, wait till I feel it. Wait, wait, wait till I understand it. And, and, and then I'm going through this hard time, and I have a choice. Am I, am I going to look at the circumstances, or am I going to continue to say, no, God still said it. And all the way up to you produce the harvest to say, Lord, I'm believing you as you're growing and as you're impacting other people's lives. Saying, Lord, you get all the glory. All right, see, let, let's end with this. Peter, he's in a boat. And he says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come out on the water. And what does Jesus say? Come. He has one word from Jesus. This is how the kingdom works. There's one word from Jesus. Come here. And what does Peter believe? Peter believes that if Jesus said it, then I can do it. Right? That I am his. And so I can be and do just like my master. And if Jesus said, I can come, then I can come. And he chooses to believe what Jesus said. He chooses. He's starting to catch some things, isn't he? Peter, he had a lot of issues. But he's starting to catch some things. And he said, okay. And he climbed out of the boat, and he put his feet on the water, and he began to walk on water. Right? 
Yeah, I'm the only one who read that story. You know what I'm saying? He started walking on water. He started doing something that was impossible. But and, and, and it's not like, well, you know, only the Son of God can walk on water. No, obviously not, right? No, Peter, a human being empowered by Jesus' word, is walking on water, doing the impossible. Right? The word of God, empowering him to do something he could never do on his own. Like not sinning. Amen? You have power over sin. And that word goes forth, and you believe it, and you find yourself not sinning. <laughs> and being an agent of righteousness, producing the fruit of righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All of a sudden, I find myself doing good and bringing justice. And instead of being a person that would be, you know, uh, uh, sowing sin into the world, now all of a sudden I'm sowing righteousness into the world. Right? Peter's walking on water, doing the impossible. But then what happens? It says literally, he saw the wind and felt afraid. And he saw the wind and was afraid. Saw the wind and was afraid. Right? What happened? How do you walk in the supernatural? How do you see God move powerfully in your life? You hear what he said and you keep your eyes on Jesus. Right? Because it's not your power. It's not your ability. It's Jesus. It's who he is living his life through you by the power of his word. And so literally Peter's walking on the water, but he walks by sight. Right? He shifts from walking by faith, begins to walk by sight, and he feels fear. See, that's what happens, right? When you put your eyes on yourself, when you put your eyes on your circumstances, you begin to feel something that is not reality in the kingdom. Was Jesus afraid? No. Because fear is not of the kingdom of God. Fear is of the kingdom of darkness. Faith and confidence is of the kingdom of God. He said it. I believe it. I'm confident that this is what's going to happen. Jesus never doubted. He walked by faith. Always faith in what the Father said. Always faith in what the Word said. Peter begins to see what's going on in this natural world, right? Oh, hey, you know, it's, 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 not really re, it's not really practical. It's not really realistic that you could walk on water. I mean, come on. Hey, and if you walk on water, there's all these waves. You might knock you down. You might drown, right? All that kind of human reasoning. The other 11 dudes, they never got out of the boat, did they? Because they were shut down from the beginning. They didn't even receive the seed. But here's Peter taking a step out to say, Lord, I'm going to walk on the water according to your word. And all he had to do, he did a good job, but he, all he had to do was just keep his eyes on Jesus. Amen? And then when he began to sink, which is kind of weird that he began to sink. Now, how do you begin to sink? Like you're either swimming or you're walking water. I mean, I don't get that. No, his, something was draining out of him. He begins to sink. He says, Jesus, save me, help me. Jesus grabs him. What did Jesus say? Oh, you of little faith. Why? He's not rebuking Peter like he's, you know, some dummy or whatever. No, he's trying to tell him, you were walking by faith. And then, you saw the wind and you felt fear, and that's not faith. All he was trying to do is help him understand, you didn't start sinking because it was my will. You didn't start sinking because, well, you know, you shouldn't try that, you're just a human being. You, 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 you started sinking because, you know, it's just not realistic for you to think that you could actually do something. Like, did, did he say, do you see what I'm saying? Well, you know, I, I was in a good mood and then I changed my mood and, you know, no, Jesus wanted him to do it. And all Peter had to do was put his faith in what Jesus said. Amen? God's not going to let you drown. God's not going to, oh, I'm changing my mind. No, it was my will, now it's not my will, right? No, this is reality. This is what his word says. This is truth. And if we'll walk by faith and not by sight, you'll see what God wants to do in our lives and through us to other people. Amen? This is the choice. Let's stand up. This is the choice we need to make. See, this is the choice. I don't know if you're there in the beginning, or you're in the middle, you're the end. But see, this is the choice we need to make, to walk by faith and not by sight. This is what I've been praying this whole, just couple months, that the Lord would teach us to stand and hold on to His Word. And I've been asking the Lord to bring us to a place of repentance. 
You know, some preachers, it's like repentance is like weeping and crying and everyone comes to the altar. Do you know what I've been really asking? That something would change on the inside of us so that we would change our lifestyle. That we would become a people of His Word. See, true repentance, it might take months to, to see the fruit of that. Where we actually see more fruit in our lives. But it would look like right now, making a decision that I'm going to walk by faith. And it would look like people who go home and say, I'm going to meditate the Word. I'm going to get into the Word of God. I'm going to stick to the Word. I'm going to stand on the promise that He said. Right? A people who would say, I'm not going to stay under the weight of depression. I'm not going to stay under the weight of sin. I'm not just going to stay there and just let that be normal anymore. I'm not just going to let that be my life anymore. But I am going to take what the Word says, that joy is my inheritance, that freedom is my... And I'm going to start saying it and meditating it and speaking it and studying it until it becomes my reality, until it becomes the fruit in my life. Amen? Well, I'm not going to sing that song, I am free, because I just don't feel like I'm free yet. No, I'm going to say it because it's who I am in Christ until it becomes my reality. See, and repentance would be, I'm going to change the way I live and I'm going to go after what the Word says. I'm going to go after the more of what God has. There's a lot of things in the Scriptures that I don't just, I don't go after because I just, oh, I want that. I'm so selfish, I want that. No, I see things in the Word of God and I say, you know, it's what Jesus is inviting us into. A lot of times this has nothing to do with me. I, say, I want to be changed to become like Jesus so I can impact other people's lives. But it's saying, I'm not just going to stay barren. I'm, just not, I'm not going to stay in this place. It, repentance. I, I heard the diagnosis of the doctor. I did. I heard that. But what did God say? Amen? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I heard that. I heard the diagnosis. No, I understand. I understand that I'm struggling right now with depression. I understand that. I'm not going to lie. We're not talking about being fake. That's silly. No, no, no. But that's not my inheritance. That's not reality. Right? That's not the kingdom of God. To say, no, no, no I, I understand that. I understand I'm struggling in that area. But that's not where I'm going to end up. No, 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 no. I'm planting the seed of God's word. And I'm going to meditate on his word and study his word. So you may not even understand this. You might be like, ah, Dave, I don't really understand this. Or I don't really know. What are the promises of God? You might even be like, I'm not even sure if the Bible's like really true. You know, how can you really know that you know the Bible's true? Well, yeah, I got a good idea for you. Get started. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I'm really trying to believe God for something. Amen. Then keep standing. Keep praying. Keep worshiping him. But even if you have questions, if you have no faith, man, you can start somewhere. By just saying, okay, Lord, I'm going I'm to get into your word. I'm going to find out what is your will for my life. What is the thing that you have for me? Amen? See, that's repentance. To say, Lord, I'm going to change the way that I'm, this direction that I'm going. The forks, fork in the road, right? Faith or sight? Faith or sight? Which one are you going to do? Amen? Can we choose? Faith, right? To trust God, to align with his reality? Let's do that. I just want you to talk to the Lord. Just between you and Him. And I want you to make a decision. It's obviously up to you. But I'm just inviting you right now to make that decision. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Just tell the Lord. If there's been areas where you've grumbled or been offended, been areas where you've allowed the Word to be choked out by trusting in money or fearing people, just repent. Just confess it. If you've been walking by feelings, making excuses. If you've had hopelessness, feeling like, oh, it can never happen. Just repent. Just tell the Lord. I'm not going to trust those things anymore. I'm not going to walk by feelings. I'm not going to stay where I'm at right now. But say, Father, I ask you by your grace, save me. Heal me. Deliver me. Use me. Just invite him right now and ask him. Ask Him what you want and need. So Father, we're going to be a people who walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, I say to you, we will believe your word. Believe what you said. We will not lose heart. We will not be discouraged. 
keep our eyes on you, Jesus. So help us to keep our eyes on you. You're free to go when you need to, but let me just do some things as we wrap up here and make sure that we maximize what the Lord wants to do today. The worship team is going to worship the Lord. Just lead us into worship. and You're free to stay and just keep dealing with God. There's a couple of things that we felt from the Lord. Like we said earlier, a bunch of people have been getting healed. And a couple of words we felt is, number one, we feel like there's somebody with, or actually multiple people with, like hearing loss. It's been diminishing. You know, it's not like, a, it's not like you're deaf, but there's a diminishing hearing loss. The Lord wants to heal that. Also, there was a word about uh, the esophagus or, or the throat. Even possibly even cancer in the esophagus or something wrong with the esophagus, you know, the throat area. The Lord wants to heal that. And the Lord does want to minister to people today on some deeper issues. Even sexual bondage. Some areas where you know you're not free. But the Lord is inviting you to receive from Him His power. Remember when Jesus said to that woman, go and sin no more. He was empowering her to walk in freedom and impurity. So the, the, the prayer teams are here, safe people, to pray for you, to see those things healed, see you receive things from the Lord. Even the, uh, the, the Lord said uh, the word suicide. That could be either somebody struggling with suicidal thoughts or maybe somebody dealing with the suicide of a loved one. The Lord wants to heal those things, wants to heal your heart, wants to break off despair off your heart, lift you up. As the Bible says, set you high upon a rock. And there's somebody here we felt that was struggling with the shame from abortion. Again, it could be either something that someone has done or something that was attempted to be done against you. The Lord wants to bring healing to that. So we don't bring those up to like open a wound. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's kind of tough stuff, isn't it? But we bring that up because the Lord wants to minister to you. And so if you need to go, you're whenever you need to. But right now the Lord wants to minister to those needs. And the Lord just wants to continue to invite us to make a decision to walk by faith and not by sight. All right? Amen? All right. Love you guys.